Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, and then verses 13 through 17. Brother Joel, Brother Ryan, Brother Justin, I love you guys very much, my friends. Joshua rose up early in the morning. They removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. and They commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. It, there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure, and come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go, for ye have not passed this way heretofore. Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves. Turn to your neighbor and say, Sanctify yourself. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Verse 13, It shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand up upon a heap. And it came to pass when the priests or the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as they that bear the ark were coming to Jordan, the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above should stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city Adam, that is beside Zaratan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. Verse 17, the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. All the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. And my assignment today, this weekend, is to preach to you from this subject, Parked at Impossible. Parked at Impossible. Turn to your neighbor and just say those three words, Parked at Impossible. We just heard the song that nothing is impossible for somebody that's in the room right now. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're about to do. I give you praise and glory and honor. I feel the gift of faith. I feel the angels of the Lord in this room. I praise you, and I worship you, and I thank you for the witness of the Holy Ghost. I thank you for an atmosphere that there's constant liberty. I thank you for the wells that have been dug out, God, where I can, I can speak to the people freely. In Jesus' name, have your way in this place. Would you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? I love you, Lord Jesus. You may be seated. The wait was finally over. Forty years of being told that there was this promised land that they would live in where there was milk and honey and everything that they dreamed of would come true. Forty years, finally, finally coming to a culmination. Uh, we can, we, we're right there. We're on the edge of destiny. And there's nothing more exciting than knowing you're coming out of your wilderness into your promised land. It's exciting when you finally see the fulfillment of a promise. We all have promises that we're waiting on God to complete, but there's nothing as awesome as seeing a completion or fulfillment of a promise. Seeing a loved one pray through in the altar after you prayed years and years and years, or whatever the prayer was, and seeing God answer that prayer is so powerful to, to let us be a part of a miracle 
that we knew was coming a long time ago, and now it's finally here. And so they were on the edge of destiny, and all they needed was one more answer, one more breakthrough, one more solution. And that was simply, we just need the Jordan River to open up, and we will get there. Now, that sounds big, but when you're the Israelites, and on uh, your whole life you've been told about a God who rolled back the Red Sea, and mom and dad and grandma and grandpa crossed over on dry ground, you kind of assume that he's got plans for you too because you come from a heritage where God moved for your ancestors and God made ways where there seemed to be no ways. Aren't you thankful you go to a church that has a past of God doing things constantly and coming through? And so we know God's going to move it. We've heard how we, they, they walked up to the Red Sea and, and Moses stretched forth the rod and they stood still and then they stepped forward and boom, everything was done. And so we just know God's going to do that now and do that here. And so the Bible said they came to the edge of the Jordan and the Bible said that they had to lodge there because apparently when they got there, God didn't move it. Sometimes God doesn't do things when we want him to or after we want him to, or then the next week either, in the next year. And, and so one hour and two hours and 10 hours and 12 hours and 16 hours, and the river was just staring at them. And sometimes God will park you at impossible and make you stare at the situation helpless. There was ever a terrible time of the year to cross this or to attempt this. It was right now because the Bible said it was harvest time and Jordan overfloweth all his banks. And in fact, after the first service, Bishop was showing me how the difference between the uh, the Jordan's flow uh, rest of the time of the year versus the harvest time. And and from what we read, we saw that it was just, it was like ninety eight to hundred feet wide the rest of the year, but it could get up to a half a mile wide during the harvest. Not just wider, but from what we saw, it, it, it got much deeper, around three to ten feet deep from what we read um, the rest of the year, but it could get 90 to 100 feet deep. It, it went from difficult to impossible. And like Bishop said, why can't we just cross during the drought? You know how many people have told me, don't try to start a church there during the summer, during the fall. You're going to do it, you need to do it this week of the year. And I'm just thinking, I mean, maybe, maybe I, and I know I don't know anything, and I'm sure they're right and I'm wrong. But I'm thinking, if we serve God, does it really matter what weekend we show up? Can't he do... Uh, I just believe that God is the God of the fall, the winter, the spring, and the summer, believe it or not, that he can actually do things all year round. I, just, I know that sounds crazy, but I really believe that. And so, But there was a terrible time of the year to go. It was like the worst time of the year to try this because the little river was now a sea. And God, it, sometimes God increases the obstacle. So the miracle can be greater. But we don't see that. We just see, oh, we, we missed it. <laughs> this is the wrong time to be here. And so they, they were there, and he, and he made them stare at it. You know why God makes you stare at the impossible? Because when God makes us stare at something that we cannot fix, it humbles us. 
into a dimension where if God does not come through, we will not get any farther than where we are right now. See, if God moves it too quickly, we'll praise the boss, we'll praise the counselor, we'll praise the doctor, we'll praise the preacher. But if you stare at something long enough, you'll realize if God doesn't come through, we... Someone needs to hear me. God must really want some glory in your situation because the longer he makes you wait, the less people you can praise when the miracle manifests. The longer he makes you shut up, he makes you wait for the answer. You won't praise anybody. You'll say if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Somebody praise the king. Somebody praise the way maker. Somebody praise the one who comes through when no one else can come through. <laughs> he said, I'm, I'm going to get some glory out of this. I get more glory when I delay you. You'll praise me for a few. See, at the Red Sea, they praised me for a few minutes. And then started murmuring three days later because I moved it too quick. Oh, man, that's, I feel that. I need to write that down. <laughs> if I move it too quick, you'll get over the miracle and step back into murmuring. You'll be your old self in less than a week. Well, that was then. Where's God now? But if I make you wait, you won't forget about it three days later. Because you'll know we were stuck at impossible. But we serve a God who with all things are possible. With men it's impossible. But we have a God who makes all things And they stared at it, Brother Jury, for three days. And it just mocked them. And then Joshua walks up there's no there's no slowing down of the raging river and he just starts speaking sanctify yourself step one is stare at it step two is sanctify yourself which means consecrate or prepare yourself wait a sec if you give someone that's full of faith an impossible situation the longer they wait the more likely they're going to get they're going to get serious. See, so I'm not talking to the, to the no, well to the spiritual weaklings that tap out every five minutes. Well, we had a trial this week, so I'm going to backslide. I'm not talking to you. Well, you're actually probably not here right now, so you're out there whining. Where's God? Well, He's definitely not with you when you're skipping church. I'm just telling you, He's here, but. People that, people that know they're destined to do something for God, you can put a mountain in front of them, they'll eventually start fasting. They'll start an all-night prayer meeting. They'll up their giving. They'll do something. Because when someone is at impossible, but they know they're supposed to have destiny, they will do whatever they have to do to get themselves right for God to move the mountain. 
isn't it, isn't it awkward? Because if I'm there, I'm expecting God to say, okay, I'm about to do something amazing, so pack your bags, get ready. Joshua said, work on yourself right now. I know you want me to fix the situation outwardly, but before I move outwardly, can you work on yourself inwardly? I know I can do the miracle, but I also know you, and I can't let you cross this. If, if you keep the same flesh and the same bad spirit and the same critical attitude and the same addictions, that won't work in the promised land. So I've got to get you to a place where you stop looking for me to fix everything for you, and you start looking at your mirror and say, God, shut up. Can you work on me? Can you purify me? Can you change my heart? Create in me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. He said, do this, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you, which means in the midst of you, right up in the middle of everybody. He's about to get wonderful. And the reason why you need to get sanctified and get prepared is because the wonders connect to the people that are ready. In other words, some people don't get answers because they criticize, mock, and critique the ones that are preparing. I want all of you to get this miracle is what he's saying. Because we're about to have a visitation from the king of the planet. And he's not going to do stuff out there for us. He's going to move right up in our house. I wish someone would realize that this word is not just corporate, it's individual, and it's trying to get in your house right now. I plan on visiting you. Will you prepare? Because I'm about to do things that are, why don't you st start telling the enemy it's about to get wonderful. In my life, it's about to get wonderful. I'm not preparing in vain. I'm not consecrating in vain. I'm preparing because God is about to be the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace in my house, in my marriage, on my baby, in my mind. I serve a God that if I get ready, he shows up. I wish somebody would just get ready because God is looking for a people that are ready to step into their destiny. Why don't you praise him for a few seconds and just get your heart ready? Whatever I've got to do. Let's do this. So first, you stare at it. And staring at it humbles me. Sanctifying prepares me. The, no, just so you know, the enemy's going to mock you the whole time you're doing that. Well, preparing for what? No one's called you. There's no open doors. I'm looking for a preparation for something God can do. If I get my eyes on what man can do, I'll get discouraged because my preparation is for what man, but if I'm preparing for what God can do, all I know is it's going to be wonderful. And now you have to, there's four steps here. First, first you have to stare at it. You need to sanctify for it. You've got to submit for it. 
He said, when you see leadership heading toward the river, you better follow. When you see leadership heading toward the obstacle, pack your bags, fold up your little tent, because you're headed to the same miracle they are. Don't sit back and criticize when leadership steps out in faith. Because when leadership steps out in faith, that is a signal to you that God has already done something in the spirit and is about to manifest in the physical. And all he needs are the people to say, we're with you. Is there anybody with your pastor right now? Whatever. Feel the Holy Ghost. Whatever he feels, follow. I know you do. I know you love him. I, I don't even have to say another word. Are you thankful for a leader with vision? Are you thankful for a leader who obeys the voice of God, who obeys the command of the Spirit? You're not at the river by yourself with your little family. You're surrounded by a body of believers led by a warrior who knows we're going to get through this and God's going to bring us out in victory. Follow your general. He knows what he's doing. He said, when you see leadership step toward it, that's your signal. Get ready. So until leadership steps, you sanctify. And when they step, you submit. Let's go. And he said, when the priest's feet, when the soles of their feet rest in the river that's raging. You got to get this. He said, the soul of the, that's what takes the most weight. That's what takes the most pressure. That's what carries all the weight. The place that carries all the pressure is going to have to learn to rest. I'm going to wait for you. In the obstacle. See, here, here's the deal. You want me to fix it. I want you, because that's faith. God can fix it. But I want you to graduate from faith to trust. Faith is, I believe. Trust is, I don't know, but he's, I'm holding his hand. And so I'm going to do it. When you learn to rest where you're normally stressed. What, what, what's the situation that's stressing you out right now? I want you to just go inward right now. What's the, what's, maybe it's a person. <laughs> maybe you're sitting by him. You can't even blink amen right now, much less say it. Oh, no, he's up in our house, but I can't let him know he's in our house because I'll get killed after church. She's like, don't you dare say amen. <laughs> he said, the area that, is, that feels the most pressure needs to learn the rest when I haven't moved it yet. This is what the devil hates. When God has not fixed it, but you're not panicking, you're not living in that. And stop claiming anxiety is yours, by the way. That's my anxiety. That's not your anxiety. That's a demon. That's not yours. Stop taking ownership of that spirit. Oh, I, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Anxiety means fear. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That's not your anxiety. That's a demon. Test that thing out. You need to rest in what you cannot. 
I can't fix it, but I serve the one who can. I can't fix it, but he visited me when I talked to him. I can't fix it, but he's talking to me in the word. I can't fix it, but I know the way maker. And he loves me. And he died for me. And he cares about my home. I feel the witness of the Holy Ghost right there. I feel a breakthrough anointing right there. I can't fix it, but I'm not going to stress about it. I can't fix it, but he's the peace speaker. He's the prince of peace. My job isn't to fix it. My job is to prepare for him to fix it. So get off the throne. Because you on the throne has done nothing but cause discouragement and worry. And it reveals our lack of resources and our lack of wisdom. But when he's on the throne, there's a peace. When he's ready for it to move, it's going to move. We, we, we got the approval to go to Dallas, and we started looking at homes. And for five months straight, every night... And every house that we tried to go after, either we got turned down or we got outbidded. And God's given us all these people. And I'm like, uh, we kind of need to, you know, be able to live. I'm not going to be able to explain this very well to Janae. Hey, we have an awesome church, but we're going to sleep under the bridge tonight. <laughs> hey, don't worry, it won't rain. And we're supposed to move next week. And we got all these people. And then out of nowhere this week. God brings the house in less than 24 hours. He doesn't come when we want him, but he'll be there right on time because he makes the way when he's ready for the way to be made. Step into the river. And when they stepped into it for the jury, instantly the river stopped. Now, this is different than the Red Sea. The Red Sea, is a, it's, it's a, there's, a, there's a reversal and, a, and an incoming of the tide. The, the, the river is a current flowing across in front of you. There's, there's a different flow to this situation than what you faced before. See, you can't have what God did before because this is a different, there's a different thing going on now. And if you make God do it the way he did it before, first of all, he won't do it the way he did before because you cannot make him do anything. And I know a lot of preachers preach that verse, concerning my works, command ye me, but you should read it in the original Hebrew. It's concerning my works, command ye me, question mark. Like, are you really going to tell me what to do? <laughs> Let's see how that works for you. And I'm going to get off my notes and further. And some people think they can command angels what to do. That's not true either. We were made lower than the angel. I just tell angels to go, and they go. No, they don't. You're false prophet. They, they, they are made above us. We can pray for them to go, and the Lord will send them. We can't command angels. Anyway, that's, that was for free. Stop commanding. You ain't commanding nothing but the air and they left. You didn't see nothing. 
So anything. He said it stopped. So the flow, whether it was coming this way or this way, the stop, the flow just stopped. Whereas the Red Sea, it rolled back all night. Walls of water on each side. This time it doesn't produce a highway. The water's flowing in a certain direction and then just stopped and it started stacking up and it made a wall of water. So on one side, there's a wall of water that's getting higher and higher and higher. And on the other side, it's getting drier and drier and drier. It all depends on what you're looking at. It determines your faith. And so they thought they'd have to walk through this raging river when they saw the priest step out in faith. But when you are submitted to leadership and when God's ready to move the mountain or move the river, I know you're not, some of you are not going to get this, but you're not going to have to go through what you think you're going to have to go through. Uh, yeah, exactly. See, in that same first service, same reaction. You know why? Because there's another voice preaching to you louder than this message right now. And it's telling you, you're going to have to go through this, lose that, go through all that. You're gonna, this person's going to suffer. This is, this is going to end up happening in your life. You're going to lose this hell. You're going to lose all this money. All this, and it's just telling you all this. But if you will just stay in the path that God is giving you, there comes a moment when the river becomes a wall, and you thought you'd have to endure that. Someone needs to have some faith in a word right now that it looks like I'm going to have to face something, but I serve a God that stops rivers instantly. And what I thought I'd have to suffer he didn't make me suffer because he's bigger than what I was fearing. And they started walking on dry ground. And I told them this morning, I said, this was the original move-a-thon. I bet you weren't going slow. There was no glass barrier. I, I told them, you're not at the aquarium. Oh, look at those beautiful fish. Good thing there's this glass barrier. Like, there's no barrier, bro. Move. Ask Pharaoh how that works. I mean, well, I, I'm not sure if I should. You'd go. People that can't move would be moving. Like, we, let's just, Mommy, look at the fish. That's good. That's like a fish. Let's go. You know, even your kid wants you to stop, and you're like, you've got seven, 73 things you have to do that day. And the kids wanted you to stop and stare at the toy car in the store. Like, oh, that's great. We got to go. You know, I'm the only bad dad in here. Okay. <laughs> Lord, rebuke that lion stuff. And so, like, we're in a hurry. We got we to go. Like, this, this thing, this happened. I don't know. When God moves it, you move. That's what Elijah told. He told the king, he said, it's about to rain. You better not sit still. Because when I start moving, things that sit still don't survive. That's why we're in the house of God. Worship is awesome. Whether you can run or barely lift a pinky, do what you can do. Because movement from the flesh, when there's spiritual movement, is always a good combination. So they crossed. And I asked the Lord, okay, well, what does this mean? And he said, look again. So I looked again, and I kept reading it over and over until finally, and I'm just, I know I'm simple, but it finally dawned on me. Oh, my goodness. This was all a setup. He made them walk by a wall of water because they're about to walk by a wall of bricks. 
He parked them at impossible and made them stare at the raging current because he's about to get them in a place where they have to walk around in circles at an obstacle that's not budging. And when God, man, when God makes things harder, he's not trying to hurt you. He's setting you up for a greater victory that's headed to your direction, headed to your direction in your life. And so sometimes he makes rivers walls because he has plans for you to bring down the stronghold that's really been there for a while that you had no idea you could bring down. And the Bible said that the river was right up against Jericho. This is not just for you. This is for your enemy to see. When God gets ready to do it for you, he will let the enemy see. That's why they weren't mocking them from the top of the wall. In fact, Rahab said, we already know what your God is able to do. The enemy's not mocking this church. They're fearful of this church because they know this church has endured so many things and walked through so many obstacles and lost so many people and fought so many devils that they are destined to have a wonderful apostolic citywide revival. I feel the Holy Ghost that this building cannot contain and they know it they're not mocking you they're worried and you know this part but Joshua said don't say anything I don't trust you he said you talk yourself out of it keep walking around in circles and end up right where you started each day and the devil's whispering to you see it's not going to happen but the enemy in the city's going, what are they doing? We know one thing about them. They waited, and it opened up before. What are they doing now? But here's the miracle for you to know. The Bible said when they, it opened up right up against Jericho. So that means when you were walking around Jericho a few days later, and you were discouraged because God hadn't fixed it yet, you'd come right by the spot where God brought you through that. I told them this morning, I feel it again coming to me, that this week God's going to give you memories of miracles and memories of blessings and breakthroughs and times he's answered prayers that you've forgotten about. And it's not because he's trying to make you live in the past. He's trying to give you faith in the present that what I you're just crossing a Jordan. You think, well, my situation's not changing. I want you to look at what the Lord has already done because what he has done was not supposed to forget or lose, walk away from your memory. You need to remember what God did last year, what God did three years ago, 20 years ago. It's not something he's trying to make you live He's trying to remind you, if I brought you through that, if I made a way then, if I carried you then, don't you think I've got you now? Don't you think I can fix it now? I know you're at Jericho, but remember your Jordan. Remember how I carried you. Stay standing. Jordan means death to pass over. That was a wall of water. Yea, though I walk through the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You just came out of COVID. Shadow of death. Something big is happening in the spirit, 
I told them this morning, and I feel it come. I feel like I've been preaching to you in this service, but now I feel that shift again where I'm preaching to the spirit world. And you're preaching to the wind, and you're preaching to the demons, and you're letting them know. What you fear is about to come upon you, hell, because this church is destined for a massive revival post-COVID that can never, ever be fathomed. I don't care what the greatest harvest was before. The Lord told me this morning, and, and I'm feeling it again, that your greatest revival is in front of you and not behind you, and you need to get ready, and you feel like you're doing nothing but circling a wall, but in the Holy Ghost, you're not circling a wall. You're circling a breakthrough. Martha, you look silly taking those grave clothes and walking around that dead man in circles when Jesus said, unwrap him, but he's not dead. You're unwrapping a miracle. You feel like you're, you feel like you're not getting anywhere, but I've come to tell you, keep walking, keep believing God because the wall, there is a step that makes rivers walls and there is a shout that makes walls come down. Can I tell you that God wants to let you know that there's coming a day when everything comes to a culmination and the thing you dreamed, the thing you desired, the thing you prayed for, the promise that was given to you manifest in your life. Mary comes in with a baby, baby Jesus. And Elizabeth's got a baby in her womb, John the Baptist, and he hasn't moved in six months. When Mary came in with Jesus, John leaped inside of Elizabeth's womb. And Elizabeth said, blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her by the Lord. In the Greek, this is what that means. There is an event that will verify your promise. There's a date on the calendar, Mary, where it all makes sense. There's a literal date right now on the calendar in heaven where God crosses the T's, dots the I's, and you realize I wasn't crazy. God did this. And some of you don't believe me at all right now, but you ought to remember one little thing. Why are you on hell's calendar right now? Why are they attacking? They're attacking because they're reacting to where you're headed. Just ask Job. He said, he is faithful to perform that which he promised me. When the devil was loosing everything against Job, Job said, I know one thing. If I'm on the devil's calendar... I must be on God's next because I know he wouldn't attack me if something wasn't coming. I just want you to lift up your eyes to the hills from which cometh your help because I know you think the devil's going to attack you and take you out. But there's someone coming into your life that will take that adversary out. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle.